we're live on the RTF Sports Network. Amen. Thank God. At least somebody <laughs> came prepared to this shindig. Because apparently I did not. Because our broadcasting tool is broken on my side. But we're here. And we have a couple of people watching on Facebook and YouTube mm-hmm. and all these fun places. And hopefully they have shared or subscribed or followed us or liked us. But if you have not, Derv can tell you where to do all of those things. Yeah, you can follow On and Off the Field on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, as Dylan mentioned there, where you can get our live shows and rewatch them over and over and over again, as well as uncut episodes from our Friday show and other great content. Make sure to head over to onandoffthefield.com to learn more about the show as well as where you can find our episodes and the charities that we're involved in. Make sure to rate and review the show on iTunes so we know how we're doing and what you dislike or like about the show. Well, while you're on your computer or your mobile device, head on over to rtfsportsnetwork.com where you can catch On and Off the Field on their live show from Tuesdays to 7 to 8 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and our recorded show is now on Fridays from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And while you're on that website, rtsportsnetwork.com, check out all the great blogs that are on there. We have some really great writers on the on the network and there's some great reading out there. Lots of great reading. I can't stress that enough. I feel like that's the part I stress every time we get through yeah. this is we do have a lot of great blog writers and we're bringing more on mm-hmm. and we're bringing more shows on the network. Some big news today. I believe if you're, you know, I think uh, the CEO here, Michael Buckheister went live and told everyone we got some new shows because of a merger with another network. Nice. So the network is just growing. It's getting bigger and better. We're bringing on mm-hmm. great people. I know there's a couple people that are coming on that I talk to. So mm-hmm. just you you want to get on this bandwagon right now, the RTF Sports Network bandwagon, because when we take over ESPN, you don't want to jump on then because <laughs> then it's too late. You want to be one of the OGs right now. Jump on this now. <laughs> so some of the other stuff going on, we got the OOTF Fantasy Football League, which will officially be on Yahoo, not ESPN. I was overruled. (laughs) I was told to shove it. Uh, So we're going to be using Yahoo for that. And so you just have to be a, if you want to participate, make sure you're in the group, OOTF family group page. Uh, It's going to be $20 buy-in. All the money goes towards Mm -hmm. charity, which is Boys and Girls Club of America. And then, you know, it had to be available for the draft because the draft will most likely be live. I would like to do it live. Oh, that'd be fun. As long as everyone's okay with it going live, if you want to yeah. be live. But that would be a lot of fun, though. So that's yeah. kind of the tentative of plan. So, mm-hmm. so far, it's just, I believe we are participating, would mm-hmm. be the assumption. And then we have the boys <laughs> from Strikeout Beer participating, and then my mom, who said nice. she was in. So, hey, if she wants in, let's do it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, what go. else we got? I think that's it. That's all the big news. That's all the warm-up stuff. Yeah. So before we get into our first official um, segment, segment that we normally do, we have we have, this is a big day today. I didn't know if you knew this or not. Today is a very big day. 
Oh, a very important day. Today is, I believe it's also National Mac and Cheese Day. Oh, I did see that. But no one cares about mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is stupid. Mm. I just just eat some craft and move on with your life. It's, what? It's yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Oh. Mac and cheese is overrated. <laughs> which is another segment I've always wanted to do on this show. Let, I'll give you a little taste of our uh, uh, something I'm workshopping. <laughs> Underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated mac and cheese. That's. Mm. Well, from your standing point, I would say it's underrated. Hmm. I see. I, yeah, I'm going overrated. I think mac and cheese is yeah. overrated. It, it's good. Yeah. But it, people act like it's the greatest thing ever created in a, in a kitchen before. And I just don't I don't agree with that. I just think people get too hyped up over cheese and noodles. But that is not what we're talking about today. Today, what is important it's freaking National French Friday. Oh. Oh. Now, French fries, they could yeah. never be overrated. They're most of the time underrated. <laughs> Unless they're made poorly. Because, you know, yeah. you go to McDonald's and they give you like old fries at McDonald's, mm-hmm. some of the cold ones. If you go at like midnight, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible situation. But if you go like in the lunch rush or just like right before dinner, right at dinner, mm-hmm. and they got to give you some fresh, hot, oily ones. Mm. Yeah. So the this begs the question for you and for anybody watching on any of our platforms, you can answer in the comments. What is the best fry? Now I have some options. Make sure you know I'll let you know. There's the standard straight fry. Mm-hmm. You have your waffle fries, your crinkle cut fries, some tater tots, you know. It's potato still. It's not a fry, yeah. but it's you know the tater tot. Uh, a curly fry, a sweet potato fry, mm-hmm. which is nice little twist there. Sweet yeah. potato fries, a steak cut fry, some smiley fries, or home fries. What's your go-to? Like you're sitting there hankering for a fried potato. Which way are you going? <laughs> oh well, I don't have them in the freezer right now, but I tend to go more towards the straight fries oh really yeah like we have we have crinkle cut in the freezer now and they 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 brown up pretty nice in the air fryer and in the oven if we're just feeling lazy but um yeah yeah i tend to go toward the the straight fry there i think they, they crisp a lot nicer like a steak fry you always it's like it's like eating it's just much thicker Steak fries are gross. Yeah, I, that's like those that's have, probably have to be super hot because once they cool yeah. down, they're no good. Yeah, that, they'll turn to like this hard. It's almost like eating just a potato, like a little bit softer. Right. It's not. Yeah. It, I I would agree with that. But but you already said it. My go to is the crinkle cut. Yeah. Something about something about a crinkle cut. If it's if it's crispy on the outside, it's mm-hmm. just thick enough to where it's just soft in the inside still. And good, a good yeah. crinkle cut, you can't you can't you can go wrong. But with the way I always make them, I, I've never had a bad crinkle cut fry in my life. And then the right. last question for National French Friday, very quiet in the comments today. It is very uh, the, quiet. Yeah. Is your toppings. So when you have a French fry, are you going ketchup, salt and vinegar, 
a chili cheese variation. So just some cheese or maybe some chili or mm-hmm. a mix. Or you go in poutine style, gravy and cheese Ooh. curds. On a normal night, I just I'm just throwing ketchup on it. That's the usual go-to for me. But yeah. poutine is actually pretty good. It's a little different. I've had it before once or twice, and it's a little different, but it's not bad. I feel like poutine is very, very underrated. I know yes. it's a Canadian thing, mm-hmm. and the only reason that we might know about it here is because we're generally close to the Canadian border. Yeah. So we might at least know what's going on there, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, ketchup on a normal night, but if I'm going out and I'm locating fries, I'm hunting yeah. down poutine usually. Yeah. So it, especially if you load up on the curds, oh, a lot yeah. of gravy. Oh my god! <laughs> if you don't, if you've never had poutine, you're missing out hardcore style. Got the beer burps tonight. All righty. <laughs> so as we transition from National French Friday category to our next segment. The other sports. sports. So stupid. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, we have a new background, courtesy yeah. of me spending like an hour on this, and it looks like a toddler drew it. But yeah, that's yeah, creative. It, it's it's it is creative. So the other sports. Um, it's really not a whole lot going on, but we're re- yeah. all eyes right now are on the NBA. The NBA mm-hmm. bubble. The players are doing their best to pop it. I don't know if they're trying to do this on purpose or they really just are that. I don't know if ignorant is the correct term, but just stupid. (laughs) So who do we have? Rockets forward. And it's funny that it's the Rockets because Russell Westbrook has already tested positive. (laughs) And then James Harden's not even Orlando. He's just kind of keeping his distance. But everyone can pretty much guess he has COVID. Yeah. but But he hasn't actually come out and said it. Mm-hmm. But another Rockets player, Bruno, I Bruno Kabuk, Kabuk. I never would have said Kabuk. Okay, Bruno right. Kabuk, unintentionally broke quarantine by leaving his hotel room, and he basically just has to quarantine longer, and he's getting tested harder. He was unaware that he was allowed to do so, despite the league informing all players and staff of the protocol. And then also, Sacramento King Center, Rashawn Holmes. Does that right. sound right? Yeah, sure. He's in quarantine once again after leaving NBA's bubble to pick up a food delivery. He accidentally crossed the NBA's campus line at Walt Disney Resort. Ten more days in the clink. And then I believe there was another one, unnamed basketball player, invited an Instagram model. Instagram (laughs) model, if that's that's really a a term we're using these days. And he invited her to hang out with him in the bubble. Which obviously is just like, oh, so those are our top three idiots mm-hmm. coming out of the NBA. So <laughs> obvious, uh, it's just it's just ridiculous that people are this, yeah. bo- and they're complaining about this the, what of what they have in there. They're complaining about the food and the circumstances, and they have to stay in their rooms and they're bored. And give me a break. They all agreed to go to Orlando. You didn't have to go. Right. If you thought you knew what the situation was, it's yeah. not, why are you acting surprised? Just the fact that the Rockets forward Bruno, like he's like, Oh, I would I was unaware that I couldn't leave my room after we got there. BS. <laughs> Total BS. Like the NBA has said for um at least a month now, like, this is what you're gonna have to do. 
show up, stay in your room, and we'll play basketball. It didn't change when they got to Orlando. Right, when they got there, and then they hung out for a couple of days, and they're like, this sucks. I'm going to go get my Postmates. <laughs> hey, I'm kind of I'm kind of lonely here. Let me go invite some invite a girl inside the bubble. How do you expect to get a girl from the outside into the bubble? How do you think oh. that's going to go? <laughs> and then, like we said, Russell Westbrook has tested positive. Mm-hmm. 322 people have been tested when they arrived in Orlando. Only two tested positive. And then James Harden is kind of keeping it hush-hush, but he's not in Orlando for some reason. Yeah. But other than that, uh, that's pretty much all the other sports, except I get to watch golf this weekend. Ooh. You know why? Because golf isn't really televised on anything except mm-hmm. on actual cable, which I don't have cable. <laughs> but it's they're actually going to be putting it on Prime Video this weekend because the return of Tiger Woods. Bum, oh, no. bum, let's go <laughs> tiger woods is returning to play the memorial tournament this weekend and i could not be happier i could not care it. less about tiger i don't know it's, some people say he has a chance to win i don't really care i just want to watch golf it's yeah. the only reason i miss cable <laughs> and if, if there's a way for me to watch it somebody dm me because i really <laughs> want golf back uh, if there's the way to watch it maybe that's not so savory you know what i'm saying <laughs> the fbi might be watching me if i try to watch golf a certain way <sighs> but it's basically tiger woods and then brian de brian yeah. de is the apparently some I people think- are claiming that he's juicing Oh. He could possibly be juicing. Uh, he's over here crushing golf balls like 320 yards. Um, the dude looks like an absolute monster. Uh, he was a he was a, always a big guy, mm-hmm. but not really in the muscular way. If you ever if you ever look at pictures of him, <laughs> yeah, uh, from a couple of years ago, he looks like a big guy who can drive it. But now he showed up. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's been hitting the gym or the needle, one or the other. So. <laughs> He's, he's, he's the one that did like it. an interview, didn't he? For like what he eats now, I guess an yeah, insane amount. Nine protein shakes a day. So, yeah, yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, that's. I don't know why you want to look like that when you just play golf, but I guess it helps you drive the ball further and it help him at least win one major so far this season. I think it's just right. he's only won one so far. Yeah, yeah. So all eyes will be on him for this weekend, along with Tiger Woods. That's really all we have for other sports. Yeah. That's it. NBA and Tiger Woods. Yeah. We could go into more MLB talk, but guess what? Yeah. If you want to talk about the MLB, guess what? COVID's happening. It's screwing things up. There we go. We talked about MLB. (laughs) Hockey, guess what? They're going to play in two different places. Godspeed. I don't know what else you really want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's NASCAR tomorrow. That's fun. Yeah. Let us transition into NFL news because this is something that we can actually talk about in detail. Mm-hmm. Well, if it finally happened, never finally happened, as some would say. Those are the headlines. Never finally happened. <laughs> Daniel Snyder was mm-hmm. pressured financially by 87 investment firms and shareholders 
they sent sent three separate letters to Nike, FedEx, and PepsiCo after they threatened to terminate relationships with the team unless they dropped the racially insensitive name. So they caved. Yep. The Redskins are no more. Are no dead. more. D-E-D dead. Dan Snyder announced on Monday that they have retired. I hate that term they're using. They retired <laughs> the Redskins name. No, you took it. You dug a six foot hole, threw it in, lit it on fire and covered <laughs> up the ashes. That's what you did to the yep. Redskins name. Thank God. Oh, we just jumped up to 10 people. Oh, watching. man. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show. They're talking about the Rush Washington Redskins being no more. So they're going to announce at a later date the new logo and the new team mm-hmm. name. From what I heard, uh, they did. They were originally planning on announcing the new name, but they ran into some trademark issues that prevented oh. them from actually going forward with whatever they wanted to. Mm. And the fun part of that story is apparently a while back when they were talking about back when they, you know, in 2013 when they were first pressured to change the name. Mm-hmm. They released a list of potential uh, names to replace the Redskins name and logo. Mm-hmm. So some person went out and <laughs> bought all the copyrights to those names on that list. Hmm. So better get creative, Dan Snyder. They got to get creative or find that guy and spend a lot of money to get back whatever they want. Yeah. Whichever, whichever one it is. <laughs> the Redskins are no more. And it has people upset. It has people happy. I mean, what's your general take on this whole thing? I think it's something that had to happen. Um, I know a lot of people are like, where does it stop now that the Redskins changed their name? I feel like just the name itself, like it might not be a great name. And it's you could say there's other sports teams that have racially insensitive names but i just feel like this one's kind of like one of those where like it's a slang term for something and that's just kind of really offensive like we're just trying to get rid of these slang terms like across the board pretty much and i i'm glad that they're getting rid of it i'm excited to see what they they're going to change it to because it washington dc is a, a weird like i feel like it's a it's going to be a really weird name when they change it it's going to feel weird. Yeah. There's no way around that. And people are just really going to have to deal with it. But yeah. the, the worst one I heard personally is mm-hmm. the Washington Warriors. For the love of God, do not go with the Washington <laughs> Warriors. No. That is granted. We have the Golden State Warriors. Fine. Mm-hmm. Let them be the only Warriors, please. Yeah. Because we don't need when you say Warriors, that's just like something like a high school district just hands out to a team. Hey, you guys are going to be the Warriors or like you do a flag football team. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll just be the Warriors or something like that. Yeah. It, it's just such a generic, terrible name. So please mm-hmm. know the best one I've heard is the red tails, which was I apparently like the first, I think it was like a, an all black air force kind of unit that flew planes in world war one or two. Mm-hmm. I haven't really done a lot of research, but I saw mm-hmm some of the details about it. I thought that was a cool name because it's a military thing. It has some black heritage to it. I thought overall it was a cool name. And then I've seen a couple of other nifty ideas, but 
Do you have any other? Yeah. Do you have any nifty ideas? Any favorites? Well, I've seen the Red Tails one, and to kind of go on that, I actually saw a post on Twitter earlier today that someone posted they tried to use that name on Twitter just in case, and it was already gone. Oh, so yeah, someone jumped on that pretty fast. Someone jumped yeah. on that real quick. I've the only other one that I've really seen that might have a chance is the Red Wolves. Yeah, I don't know why weird. we're going with the 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 red thing here. Like, just get rid of it. Yeah, I don't know but, why you need red wolves unless there's some history there. But wolves in general, right. I kind of go with that. I like that. It's not. Yeah. I think you could do a lot with wolves. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have a cool mascot, cool merch, cool nickname. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just take the defender's name from the XFL. The XFL was, is no more. That was the first thing I said. Yeah. First name. As soon as they said they're officially going to change their name, I was like, just if you have to buy it, I don't think you have to, but just DC Defenders, right. man. Yeah. People loved the DC Defenders. Yeah. Every every fan in that area was a huge DC day, one of the larger fan bases in the XFL. Why would you not just take that? Take the logo, take everything. Yeah. Because people loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that'd be a, I feel like they're not going to do that. No, I, think that's a, I feel like that's a miss. Yeah. But the Washington Redskins are dead. Thank God. And just to, just to go off of what you were saying, I guess one last point real quick with that. You know, I've seen a lot of posts about, well, the Vikings are offensive because the Vikings were like looters and marauders. And then mm-hmm. people are offended by the Buffalo bills because it's named right. after of like an Indian figure. And then, uh, the only other one I really have an issue with me, then that's uh, they've already been under scrutiny. Is scrutiny is the Cleveland Indians, mm-hmm. and that, but people other have problems with like the Chiefs. Like a chief is an actual like rank in the Native American mm-hmm. culture. It's right. not offensive. Vikings right. aren't offensive. They were an actual group of people. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill, you know, it's an actual person. It's not offensive. It's a person. Right. Like these are all just names of people. It's mm-hmm. not offensive. Redskin, that's a derogatory term. It's yeah. offensive. Stop trying to make other things seem offensive just to try and make your stupid point because you're an idiot. Stupid. I oh. hate these posts. It's all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the Blackhawks. Like the Blackhawks, like it's a tribe. It's like a specific group of people. It's not like a term to make offensive regards towards Indians or something. Mm-hmm. Like the only problem I would have is Indians because that's kind of like saying calling a white person cracker or something. I feel mm-hmm. like it's just like an off term that you probably shouldn't use. But personally, right. I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to ask some people to see about that. But Redskins, thank God that's gone. Um, so we do have to talk about a little bit of more coronavirus. I know we're all sick of it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Oakley had proposed yeah. a face shield for NFL helmets to help reduce the spread of the coronavirus. And the NFL and the Players Union have agreed on several protocols from a 42-page document on team travel, media, injury treatment response, and other allowed to others to allow the NFL to function from during the pandemic. Face masks have been a hot topic, and the players have shot down the face concept to be worn during the game. And Oakley came up with the idea of face shield on the helmet. Oakley currently makes the visors that players use on their helmets. I, I saw the picture. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just don't get it. I feel mm-hmm. like you're just trying to do 
too much. I don't want to call it pandering to the virus. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. I feel like that's not what they're trying to do. But what what's this honestly going to do? Let's, you're going to be tackling each other. Sweat's going to be flying, and like it, you breathe on the mask, and it's going to create mm-hmm. droplets and just drip off of the mask anyways onto people. It, it's just just leave it alone. Just accept that there's going to be contact. There's no mm-hmm. way around it, and move on. Just it's it's just ridiculous in my my personal opinion. <laughs> I think it's just they're they're just trying to do. I think what I mean, Oakley can make a fortune off this because they've already got the NFL in their palm of their hands with the visors, but they're basically just trying to do their due diligence. And it makes sense. We're so we're so much on the fringe right now, where we could have absolutely no sports for the next six months. That I'm just kind of like, you know what? Try it. I just need something to watch on TV. Like I just That's need sports. <laughs> but it, like, what if it comes down to this? Like, what if it comes yeah. down to the fact that they can't get some kind of face cover to mm-hmm. prevent? someone from coughing on someone across the across the line of scrimmage what if it came down to the players refuse to wear it because they think they might have a hard time breathing with with it or something and the season's canceled strictly because of something like this i would just feel like this would be such a stupid thing to get in the way of having football right and i I know that's why like the the other face mask that one of the sports equipment companies like came up with like the players actually wore that on their their face. So like I could see why they would shoot that down because like you're not gonna be able to breathe as well. The face shield, I think, while you might have like a restricted airflow, there's it's it's still there. And it's the same kind of you're just reducing the amount of chances that stuff's gonna like yes, you might cough, it might steam up, it might drip. 95% of the time that's dripping on the ground. It's not, I mean, I, I get your point that it, you know, it's basically just like adding more to dripping on people, but I can definitely see it where it at least just reduce it and it helps us down the road. Yeah, I, I guess I understand why they're trying to do it. Mm. I just think it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it If they really think it'll help, go for it. I just hope it doesn't become too big of an issue with the players. Mm-hmm. But going on to some, I don't want to call it free agency news, just people being signed. Uh, the franchise deadline is actually tomorrow. So a couple of players actually signed their tags today. I know Justin Simmons signed his tag. I believe someone else signed their tag. Not entirely sure who, but Chris Jones, who was tagged, signed his long-term deal. Four years, $85 million. I believe it's $60 million is guaranteed. And so he will continue to play for this possible dynasty of the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was the leader of the defensive front who ranked seventh in total defense last season. Uh, the the pass or the rushing um, rushing defense was very good. They had a lot of trouble getting to the quarterback, and it resu- pretty much resulted in you know they're twenty fifth in passing yards allowed. They're only eleventh in takeaways, eighteenth in yards per play, but yeah. seventh in rush yards allowed. He did leave the chief, lead the Chiefs in sacks the last two years. Is he overpaid? Is the is just the question. I don't think he's tear. I think he maybe a touch. 
I don't think he's super overpaid, but maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little feel, bit over what he should be. I, I feel like a lot of that money entered the discussions after he virtually won the Super Bowl for the right. Chiefs. You know, he batted down three passes in that Super Bowl. He mm-hmm. got credit for three, and two of them were in the fourth quarter on he drives that he pretty much killed on his own. That if those passes are completed right. and results in first downs, the 49ers probably go on and win that Super Bowl. So yeah. I'm sure that came up in contract talks where, you know, I he, oh, he put sure. the ring on their fingers to a to a degree. So mm. maybe a little overpaid, but they got their guy. I'm sure he'll just keep getting better. He's probably one of the top defensive tackles in the league if he's considered a defensive tackle. I think he's a tackle, right? I don't think he's yeah, a defensive Yeah, I think end. he's a tackle. Yeah, so he's he's definitely, you know, congratulations to him. I'm fine with him mm-hmm. getting paid, but the money doesn't. It's, it's just a little out of my range for yeah. my brain to comprehend. But a guy who 100% just locked in the bag oh, yeah. is Miles Headbasher. Garrett <laughs> in this new contract that is a five-year extension worth 125 million dollars becoming the newest hundred million dollar player uh hidden in the contract he has to wear a leather helmet now so he can't take it off and like hit people with it uh that's just kind of thrown in the fine print but there's been word that the contract has a 50 million dollar guarantee and a signing and 100 million dollars in total guarantees Garrett has two years left on his rookie deal and the Browns are going to lock him on that defensive line through 2026 season uh, other notable DNs that get that kind of money, Cleo Mack uh, and Aaron Donald at $135 million for six years. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's paid like a top guy, and yeah. right, rightfully so. It, you saw what happened to that defense mm-hmm. after he got suspended. Oh, yeah. With him there, maybe they make it to the playoffs. I don't want to make assumptions for the Browns because <laughs> a lot of stuff goes on over there at the Browns. But, hey, he, he made a lot of money, and I – I will say this is well-deserved. And a lot of it, the money's in guarantees, too. So if mm-hmm. he hits another guy over the head, you know, I'm, he's definitely going to be financially fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a little surprising that Cleveland's locking him down now with two years left on the rookie deal. I mean, you see it occasionally, but usually it would be like after next season, they might lock it down. But, yeah, make that money, Miles Garrett. Make that money. Congratulations. They don't have to pay anyone else on that team right now. No. They're still waiting to see if Baker shows up. A lot of <laughs> other guys are rookies. They let a couple guys go in free agency. Mm-hmm. They they had plenty of money for him, and I think that's a yeah. wise use of the money. And one last little breaking news kind of thing that happened here in the last you know two hours maybe. Mm-hmm. Jason Peters is back with the Philadelphia Eagles, but he will not play tackle. He will play guard because he is replacing Brandon Brooks. Who suffered mm-hmm. a, torn, a torn Achilles somehow? I don't know how you tear an Achilles at like this point <laughs> in the season. They're not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, but Andre Dillard will be at left tackle. Uh, Peters will move to right guard. Peters is a great talent. I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll be fine in that position. I'm sh- he's probably already played there because yeah. <laughs> Eagles players are hurt so often. He's probably <laughs> slid over there a few times. At least so, in practice. It would have been weird seeing Jason Peters go anywhere else so i'm, I'm kind of glad he's back with yeah. the eagles uh, yeah yeah i think it's only one year deal worth up to six million mm-hmm. so 
I think three of three three mil is guaranteed. The other yeah, one is so, yeah. you know, all their monies. But yeah. there's your free agent news signings, all good stuff. Patrick Mahomes is still a half billionaire, <laughs> and somebody who knows a lot about Patrick Mahomes, apparently because he's wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey. As we change a few things over, we're going to start our main segment here where we talk about some fantasy running backs. We're going to be bringing in my good friend here, Kyle. And I'm not even going to try and say your last name in fear of embarrassment. Eggleston. See, I, that's what I wanted to say. Okay. Right, good show so far. Is it? Is it a good show? It's been yeah. very quiet in the comments. I don't. I'm surprised. Yeah. This it's is not normal. People are outside having fun. It yeah. is a nice day out. I'll I'll give you that. But we're here to talk uh, fantasy running backs regardless. So if there's no people contributing, we're just going to do it anyways. <laughs> so I guess we'll start just like any normal show probably would start with this kind of topic is going through our top tens. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I, I probably wanted to change a couple things on here, but it's too late now. I'll stick with my top 10 that I have right now because i wrote this up while i had a screaming baby next to me but regardless this is what i'll stick with but fred if you want to go first feel free sure so number one i think it's christian mccaffrey all day i mean the guy got paid so well this offseason i just think he's gonna he's gonna be the guy everyone's looking for the number one overall pick number two i'm going with saquon barkley the guy is just a beast like that could, I mean, it's a personal thing for me to like Saquon Barkley from being from Penn State, but he's Homer. just that good in the NFL. Three, I'm going with Zeke. As much as I don't like the Cowboys, Zeke's all right. He'll he'll get you the points because Zach's not going to play well. Andy Dalton's going to come in and start by week three, and they're going to lean on Zeke so hard. <laughs> Uh, this take is absurd, just so you know. <laughs> I said the same thing to Dylan after last week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there, though. We'll get there. Uh, four, I went Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to have a bounce-back season. Um, seemed like he was a little off last year, especially losing Ingram. Uh, I definitely see a bounce-back for him. Five, I almost didn't go with him here, but I went with Delvin Cook. I mean, he puts up good numbers when he's healthy. And that was my hesitation for putting him in the top five, but if he stays healthy, the Vikings can get something rolling with him. I think he's a top five running back all day in fantasy. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I mean, the guy just runs over people, turns them around, uses them as blockers in the playoffs. And rest in peace, Earl Thomas's <laughs> ego. <laughs> and like the Titans are going to, you know, the Titans are going to use them. That's the Titans' philosophy: run heavy, run first, short pass. He he's going to get the carries. Hopefully, that leads to points. It usually does towards the end of the game, but I'm going with him at six. Austin Eckler, I'm taking that number seven for my running backs. He clearly replaced Melvin Gordon last year when Melvin Gordon sat out. That Chargers team is young and talented. They're going to lean on him because of Tyrod and Justin Herbert over there. 
you know Tyrod's conservative. You know they're going to want to run the ball. If Herbert goes in, then you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him in a live NFL game. You're going to lean on the running back. He's going to get the touches. He's going to get the yards. Eight, I got Josh Jacobs. I just think he was a breakout rookie. He's got the talent. It's just too bad he's on the Raiders. But sad. <laughs> he's still he's still a good talent. I think he's going to play well, whether the Raiders play well or not. And then nine, I got Joe Mixon. I think it's the same thing in Cincinnati that you see in L.A. with the Chargers. Joe Burrow's a young quarterback. He might be playing well, but Zach Taylor is going to go for a run offense to make Joe Burrow's rookie season that much easier for him. And then rounding out the top 10, I got Nick Chubb. Because Nick Chubb, as much as I don't like the Browns either, he just runs well. If they had the right game plan, and Baker doesn't throw five interceptions or fumble the ball. Nick Chubb can get the job done for them. So that's who I got for my top ten. All right. Before we get into too many major complaints, Kyle, let's see what you got. <laughs> We're uh, very similar, especially right up at the top. Uh, number one, I got Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, I think he was like nine points per game higher than everyone else in the league last year. Um, 80% regression for him. He's still the number one running back. Um, they have Teddy Bridgewater, so the offense will actually be functional this year versus Kyle Allen last year. If you get 101 and you're on the clock, Christian McCaffrey is about as safe a pick as it gets. Um, I'm right with you, two and three, Saquon and Zeke. Um, Saquon, I think, is probably the player most likely to challenge CMC for number one overall this year. His mix of being able to do things in the receiving game as well as rushing um, I don't really love Daniel Jones for real football, but for fantasy football, he's gold and he's going to keep Saquon going. Um, as long as he doesn't get another hamstring or something that knocks him out for half the mm -hmm. season, he'll be great. Um, Zeke plays in the NFL's best offense. Dak is one of the top 10, top five quarterbacks in the league. I know you guys think Andy Dalton's <laughs> going to somehow steal his job, but hey, don't, uh, don't say you guys, that's a, that's a, that's a complete <laughs> dirt thing. Keep that over there. <laughs> Um, so I think the Cowboys are going to be right up there with the Chiefs in terms of total yards and total points this year. Um, Zeke's their running back. He's going to feast in touchdowns. Um, only room to grow in the reception game. But, I mean, you got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. You got an athletic tight end in Blake Jarwin, and you got Dak in one of the top three offensive lines in the league. That offense is just going to give everyone fits all year. Um, right with you, Kamara at number four. Um, last year was a down year and he was still like number six or seven overall. Mm -hmm. uh, Murray takes away some touches from him, but not enough that it keeps him going. Just like Ingram back in the day. I think he sees some uh, positive regression in the touchdown department after um, seeing the negative regression really catch up to him hard next year. Um, our first split is I have Derek Henry at number five. Um, Ever since they've given him the reins to this offense and realized that giving the ball to Deion Lewis wasn't really a great choice for them, um, we've just seen Henry feast. Um, he's got the best schedule in terms of strength of schedule against, which means you can expect the Titans to be running a lot this year. 
Um, and positive game scripts means the team runs the ball more, means Derrick Henry's plowing people over in the fourth quarter. Um, I got Joe Mixon, number six. I think we just see the Bengals' offense completely turn it around. Um, Joe Burrow's pro-ready. You worry a little bit about maybe the start of the year with that offense, no mini camp, none of that. Training camp only getting started now, or I think like 14 days from now or something like that. Um, but I think Mixon is one of the best backs in the league. They got the offensive tackle they drafted last year back this year. First round guy coming in, missed his whole rookie year. So offensive line upgrade, quarterback upgrade. A.J. Green will be healthy to start the year. I just think you see a big rebound first since the offense and Mixon to carry the load there. Um, I'm a little lower on Cook, mostly injury holdout issues, things like that. Um, as well as wondering what this offense is going to look like without Stefan Diggs taking the top off defenses. You wonder if that means four eight man boxes with the Olin. They only have to worry about Adam feeling at the beginning of the year. I think cook is still going to be great. Um, you wonder if Madison maybe steals some touches or if they're going to get this contract situation settled before the season starts or during the season or how that's going to go. Um, some of our recent holdouts have been a little ugly, so it's hard to know what to expect with his, um, I have Eckler number eight, same as you. Um, he's number two. We're actually going to talk about him a little bit later in our boons category. Cause I think he's just a beast. Um, he's number two in points per touch, um, over the last two years. And he has no competition for touches right now. I think Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson, one of them will carve out a little bit of a role and maybe have some flex appeal, but I think Eckler's going to get the bulk of the priority touches. He probably won't approach a hundred receptions this year. Um, cause he doesn't have Phillip rivers throwing him dump offs, but I think he's still going to get, um, all the priority touches at the goal line and still see heavy receiving work like 40 to 70, just not up in that 90 to hundred. Mm -hmm. Um, the main differences we have come at nine and 10. I have Melvin Gordon, number nine, overall back into solo work as the lead back in Denver. Um, Pat Shermer's offenses typically, um, feature one running back. I thought, Philip Lindsay is best cast as a change of pace, kind of what Eckler was two or three years ago, not what Eckler was last year. We saw Lindsay's efficiency just fade big when he was given the bulk of carries last year. So I think that this will be Gordon's job. Um, I mean, he didn't come back in shape last year, which is part of the reason he kept losing touches to Eckler, but he's obviously had a full off season. He just got paid. I think he's going to come in and make his money and be really good this year. And number 10, it's a slight homer pick, I know. And I don't know if he'll actually finish as number 10 in the season overall standings, but I think by the end of the year, you're going to want him on your team. And that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, it's the guy that Pat Mahomes called the front office and said he wanted. Andy Reid has compared him to Brian Westbrook. We remember how good Brian Westbrook was when he was on the Eagles with Andy Reid. Um, I think he gets off to a slow start because I think all the rookies are going to get off to a slow start this year just without mini camp and training camp mm -hmm. coming in late. Um, just haven't had that time to work with people. Um, but I think definitely the second half of the season, he's going to be the back that you want on the team. Um, his receptions total is just going to be crazy. We've seen, um, I mean, just think of how many touches the Chiefs wasted on LaShawn McCoy's corpse last year. And now <laughs> put an electric rookie like Clyde Edwards Hilaire in there and imagine how good he can be in this offense. Um, I just think that he's going to feast. Yeah, yeah, I know I get the Clyde Edwards in one of my other categories because, mm -hmm. yeah, that and that offense with his kind of ability is going to be something to behold. And because I forgot I could do the solo layout, there's, there's Fred. Wow. 
Hi, <laughs> right, Fred. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I forgot to do that for you. Oh, uh, here right. we go. I got a quick top 10. Um, yeah, it's hard to disagree with Christian McCaffrey at number one and Saquon at number two. It, you just There's not really much you can say there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number three, it's a little bit of my hot take, but just because I'm, oh, I just love this guy for the past couple, one, two years, Austin Eckler at number three. I, you did bring in, you know, you got the, uh, what's his name there, Justin Jackson and Kelly coming in. I just, this guy's just going to eat everything. As, as Fred said, Tyrod Taylor, conservative. You might not have Phillip Rivers there to dump him off, dump off balls to, but Tyrod will have plenty of dump offs himself. And then if at some point he gets benched for whatever reason for Justin Herbert, it's your that's your rookie. He's going to dump it off plenty of times, and you're also going to go run heavy with a rookie. So I just I just feel like he's going to get all of the touches. You might have a couple of change of paces there with the other with the rookie and Justin Jackson, but I just I just think he's going to tear it up. He's like he uh, second in points per touch, like you said. Absolute beast, Austin Eckler. Number four, I have Derrick Henry. It, it's just a run-heavy team. Ryan Tannehill threw for 86 yards in a playoff game. <laughs> it's, it's not, hey, what more do you want out of a out of your fantasy running back than a guy who touches the ball on pretty much every single play? Number five, I have Zeke. Uh, the only reason I put him a little bit lower is Mike McCarthy. We We watched what happened to running backs at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers took over. Eddie Lacy got fat. He got kicked out the door. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just don't see Zeke. He'll obviously have a a role, and I'm sure he'll play it well. But I see this being a Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup led offense. Alvin Kamara I have at number six. He did have a down year, and then the, I also put him a little bit lower because they bring in Emmanuel Sanders now, and they just keep building on this passing game. And yes, Kamara will have a lot of passing touches. So if you play PPR, it'll be great for you. But there's a lot of pieces there that and the ball's going to get spread spread around the field a lot. And with a down year last year, he might have a more closer down roll this year. So I just put him at number six. Josh Jacobs and Jack whoo, Josh Jacobs in number seven. It's like a tongue twister there. Yeah, he's on the Raiders. It sucks, but he would have been offensive rookie of the year last year if it was not for his injury. Number eight, Joe Mixon, rookie quarterback. You guys already hit on all that, uh, but just a, just a great talent that will probably be leaned on a lot. Nick Chubb at number nine. I wanted to put Nick Chubb higher, but the main reason he's lower is because of Kareem Hunt is going to take so much away from him. It might take him out of the top ten even. I wouldn't be surprised. And then number ten, I have Dalvin Cook. Sure, he's a good guy, but holdouts, injuries, Bad attitude. I'm throwing him at the bottom of my top 10. So I think we all pretty much had the same players on our lists, except for nine and 10 with Kyle. But generally, I I definitely found interest in in Melvin Gordon. And I just, I feel like, yeah, sure. I'm good with him being in your top 10. He's a good talent. But they bring in all of these offensive weapons for Drew Locke to play with. And I feel like this is going to be a pass happy offense that might tear into his touches a, a, just a, just enough to push him out of the top ten. Yeah, I think um, having Vic Vangio as coach, he definitely wants to run the ball and play defense. Um, I think bringing in the F, uh, the offensive weapons is more similar to what you're seeing in Buffalo. 
Um, they need to elevate Drew Locke's game. They need to get him playmakers, and they need to get people on the field that allow him to make plays and be a startable quarterback in the NFL. If Josh Allen had stuck with what he had his rookie year, if they don't bring in John Brown, Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. Frank Gore even to take off some of that early down work, we don't see Josh Allen elevate to where he was taking the team to the playoffs last year. Um, so I think it's similar with Locke. They need those weapons to make the offense move. And I think having that many weapons in the secondary means that teams won't be able to stack the box against him. Um, he's a good receiver, so he gets those valuable reception points, PPR format. Um, and like I said, we saw Philip Lindsay as the lead back last year, and it just it didn't look good. I love Philip Lindsay. I had him as a rookie, his rookie year when he was great, and he blew everyone away. I was really hoping big things for him last year, and he just he's a great change of pace back. He's good for you know, that 10 to 12 touches per game, not 20 touches per game, which we've seen with a lot of guys. So I don't know. I It's me going up. I'm a little lower on Jacobs because he doesn't catch passes and they went out of their way to get as many pass catching running backs as they could. They re-signed Jalen Rashard. They drafted Lynn Bowden, who's receiver running back combination. Um, so, I mean, there's reasons to kind of steer away from Jacobs a little bit. You wonder if he's going to be on the field third down, does get the goal line touches and the offense Maybe we'll be better overall with the addition of the receivers they drafted. Um, and Chubb, really my main worry with him is just what you said, Kareem Hunt carries. Um, Kareem Hunt is a really good running back. We saw it at the end of last year. He's also a really good receiving running back, which Chubb, they haven't really given him the opportunity to be a receiving running back, so we don't know what that would look like. Um, but with Hunt around, I don't think we'll ever see that. Um, so, I mean, that's why I'm a little down on those guys and a little higher on the other guys. It's honestly, I think the two you mentioned are my 11, 12. So they're just off of the top 10, but Mm -hmm. it's nice that we get to talk about different people as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, you brought up Buffalo and this actually, this, this brings up, uh, my first bust of our, of our evening here. Uh, my first bust is Devin Singletary and man, I just, I was screaming at Buffalo last year to hand the ball off to Singletary. It was breaking my heart. And then, then they finally did it. It was pretty much too late for their season before they realized, man, this kid's pretty good. They kept handing, handing it off to Frank Gore's corpse. <laughs> just, it was hard to watch. And now they bring in Zach Moss and it, it just feels like they don't trust him. It seems like there's something missing there. There's some kind of mesh point with Singletary and the Bills, and it really really worries me there. And then my other bust is David Johnson. I just don't see that ever clicking over there in Houston. And he, he, he fell off of, of a cliff that's 100 feet high over in Arizona. And maybe this is his new jumping off point. This, mm-hmm. this is where he needs to be to revitalize his career, but I, I don't see it happening personally. The only thing I'll say to support David Johnson, I'm a little more middle on him is he was the running back number six through six weeks last year before his injury. And it was just after his injury that he looked completely washed. He lost his burst, he lost his speed, and he then didn't get any carries the second half of the year. So if he's healthy, Mm -hmm. and you'd like to think that trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson means that Bill O'Brien knows he's healthy, um, hopefully that means good things. I mean, you at least know they're going to give him every chance to fail. He's got you to. sure hope so. You have to. You have to give him carries <laughs> after how much he costs. Fred, um, what do you got for bus?
Hey, Fred. Oh, are you muted? I don't know. I I StreamYard keeps muting me like every like 10 minutes. So I have to go on my settings and like change everything around again. Sorry about that. That's weird. Okay. (laughs) Talking about bus. I mean, I just want David Johnson there. I think he's the first one that comes to mind for me. Um, I just think this Houston team is his Texans team is going to struggle. I think Bill O'Brien stripped it down. Deshaun Watson's probably not happy. Threw away, gave away his number one receiver. Brought in all these injury-riddled receivers. They're gonna want to lean on David Johnson. Maybe Bill O'Brien's got something here, and he's healthy. Maybe. I don't feel confident in it. And what do you got for bust, Kyle? Um, you already talked about Singletary, so I'll draft two guys that I kind of lump together. I'm just lower than consensus. I don't think they're going to like bust out and be not usable. Um, but both Miles Sanders and Philly and Kenny and Drake in Arizona, um, they're being drafted really as top 10 guys across different platforms right now, um, which is what I see as their absolute ceiling. And we don't know that they're going to reach their ceiling. And I don't want to have to pay mm. ceiling for somebody who has a lot of range of outcomes lower than that. Um, big second halves and really big last four weeks and playoffs is what's propelling the narrative for these guys. Um, and I'm just not, not buying it. Um, the Eagles like Sanders enough not to bring in anybody else, but they still have Boston Scott around. Um, the two shared goal line carries had about equal goal line carries over the half second half of the season after jordan howard was injured um austin scott gets more reception work i think we can see him get a little bit more of the running game so i just don't see sanders getting the 70 percent of touches that people are kind of projecting for him to be able to reach that running back six running back seven ceiling that um everyone seems enamored with right now he's actually still climbing up boards um you see him go before derrick henry and guys like that in leagues mm-hmm. and i just think I think that range of outcome is just too too uh, large a gap for him to fall off. Um, yeah, and Kenny Drake in Arizona. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was Kyler Murray's rookie year. They brought him in. He was free of Adam Gase. He was free of the Dolphins. He ran wild. Um, I'm not sure that Cliff Kingsbury wants to keep that a one-man job. Uh, I'm not sure if Chase Edmonds will carve out more of a role um, in this year or if just bringing in DeAndre Hopkins means they go – they actually get to go four wide more. They open up Kyler Murray's passing. They really get that going. Um, I mean, he was a rookie last year. They probably were trying to pound the ball more than that. They did have a really high running DVOA last year. I think they were like fifth best in the league. Um, so, I mean, you know they want to run a lot of plays. You know they want to spread everybody out, which works for the run game. Um, but, yeah, Kenny and Drake and Miles Sanders, two guys I'm fading a little bit down the stretch. Um, another one in the kind of borderline top 10 range is just Aaron Jones. Um, I think the Packers proved by drafting AJ Dillon in the second round that they're ready to bring another man into that committee. Um, and I just see touchdown regression for him. He had 18 touchdowns really kind of carried him last year. He's a great runner, great receiving weapon. If we knew that he was going to get the lion's share of the work, um, we could definitely lean on him as a top 10 guy, but it just looks like they're really committed to this committee. Oh, and Freddie, you already yeah. did your bus. For some reason, I was thinking you were next. Yeah, no, next category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, Aaron Jones was a good one. 
I was th- I was thinking about putting Aaron Jones on here, but David Johnson caught my eye just a touch more. But for my booms, we already talked about Clyde Edwards a little bit. That's where I put him. Yeah, just freakish talent brought in for a reason. They've targeted him, and he'll have a great role over there. And then I actually have Ronald Jones, Tampa Bay, as my other boom. I always kind of liked Ronald Jones. I targeted him in fantasy last year, just hoping he might do something. But that offense just didn't focus on him enough. And Jameis mm. Winston just – everyone knows that story. And I just think with Tom Brady over there now, explosive passing offense, open up the box for him. Great. It, it, and he's I just envision him as Tom Brady's next James White. You know, he's going to be a great catching to, running back. You want me to give you all my Ronald Jones love right now since you brought him up? Oh, you, if, if you have Ronald Jones love, I'd love to hear oh, all the Ronald all Jones love. love. Ronald Jones. He's my number one number one guy this year. Um, I find myself targeting wide receivers early in drafts, and Ronald Jones is usually there easily from the fifth, sixth, seventh round onward. I think he has like an eighth or ninth round ADP right now. Um, people are drafting his the rookie backup ahead of him, Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, people just don't like Ronald Jones, and I don't really get it. I think it's because a lot of people don't watch Buccaneers games and you don't actually know who he is or why maybe the stats are going the way they are, or box scores he is. But he had huge improvement from year one to year two. Um, i got to find my list here. Uh, as you said, Jameis is not there to throw 30 interceptions and fumble drives away this year. So we'll see drives extended. They won't be in negative game scripts the whole time, having to throw, throw, throw. Um, so I think they, he does see more groundwork. He's already working out with Tom Brady. I think it was two weeks ago that you saw him, Godwin, and Brady together on a practice field somewhere working on route concepts. Breaking um, protocol. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, uh, they aren't in anything yet, so they're not a yeah, uh, bunch, bunch of baddies yet. over there. <laughs> they're, uh, they were working on the pass game, so they were more than six feet apart. It's okay. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he was second amongst all running backs and yards per catch last year. Um, so he is a good receiver. He had one drop on 41 targets. He gets a bum rap for catching the ball, which I'm not sure why. I think the main reason is he just doesn't get a lot of opportunity and people confuse not getting opportunity with not being good at it when it's just not getting opportunity. Um, the one really true knock you have on him is that he's not a great pass blocker. Um, he was like fifth from the last of 92 qualifying people under PFF grades. Um, but the rest of the cast was also pretty terrible. Um, uh, Peyton Barber, who they still had last year, was two spots ahead of him. And Ogumbawale was like 82nd or something out of the 92 guys. So they really had bad pass blocking of all the running backs last year. Maybe that's why Jameis threw 30 interceptions. Um, and this is his third year now in the league. He's had time to work on this. It's his second year in the system. So he's not learning a new system this year. Um, and like I said, he's working with Brady. He's getting that trust. Now we all know if you have Tom Brady's trust, your starting spot is safe. Um, so I think he's one of the safest plays, especially early in the year when the guy who's supposed to be his main competition is a rookie coming into the league. Um, Vaughn had a fourth, to fifth round grade on him by most teams. Um, Tampa took him in the third because they didn't have a fourth round pick. So I think there's just a lot of reasons to like Ronald Jones. I don't think there's really much competition. The other two guys are just kind of scrubs on that team. Um, and I think he is the biggest guy to like way exceed his draft position. He's going in like the thirties amongst running backs right now. 
and I think he's going to be a top 20 play easily. Fred. Booming. Booming. Well, I think Miles Sanders is going to have a breakout year this year. Um, just looking at from kind of how he started, and the Eagles didn't really know how they were going to use him. I mean, he wasn't in there, I feel like, the entire game for most of the season, but he started to get his rhythm, and the Eagles kind of figured out how they're going to use him on this offense and kind of really, really started to see the talent that this running back is. So his ceiling might not be top 10, but keep an eye out for him because he might not be a running back one, but he could gladly, gladly be my flex or running back two just to help boost my points. Um, so that's kind of like why I'm going to keep an eye on Miles Sanders this year for, for the Eagles. I agree. I think he's a great running back to or flex play. Mm-hmm. I just think and if you're not doing an auction in order to draft him, you have to give up a running back one pick, and I don't think he's going to return that value. Right. So, that's why I have him as a bust. But I do think he's a yeah. good player, and I think he's going to mm-hmm. be a solid every week contributor. I just don't think he's yeah. going to compete with the top guys. I got a couple more Especially if you want me to if, list them before we go to sleepers. I was just going to say with Miles Sanders, I mean, if his ADP really is climbing up more into those higher rounds, like you said, you don't want to waste a spot in what rounds three, four on a guy like Miles Sanders. Right. I mean, if you could, oh, if you can catch one. him late, <laughs> one he's going. Okay, definitely like, not that he's then. First, second round pick. Uh, he's not getting out of the second round. That that's painful. That's very painful. So who is who? Do else do you got? Uh, James Conner, I think we're going to see a big bounce back for all of the pit offense. Uh, same with the Cincy offense. I mean, both were just hamstrung by terrible quarterback play last year. Um, the Steelers are literally the worst quarterback play in the league. Um, and I think James Conner is healthy to start the year. We know they prefer to use one running back. We've mm. seen him handle the workload before. Um, and I think he's going to be there. He's Ben's trusted guy. Um, he's being drafted. I, if he's a top 20 running back, it's not by much. I think he is being drafted like just outside of the top 20. And I think he's easily going to outpace that he could approach a top 10 play every week. Um, with the kind of workload we can expect from a Pittsburgh Steeler running back. Um, I also have Kareem hunt as a nice boom player. Um, he's going in about the fifth round right now. Um, I think he and Chubb are going to be splitting work. And if Chubb goes down, you might win your league if you have Kareem Hunt because he's going to get all the work. I think he was running back three when he was the Chiefs solo back all those years ago before his off-the-field issues. Um, And they're talking about lining him up potentially as a wide receiver on some plays because the Browns didn't go out and get any wide receiver help. It's just Odell and Landry. Um, So I think you could see him move around the field a little bit. Um, he's going to get that rushing work. He's going to get those valuable receptions and receiving yards. And like I said, if Chubb goes down, you just won your league. Um, and the last one is Tariq Cohen. Um, he was pretty good two years ago. Last year, kind of all of the Bears suffered with uh, Montgomery leading the way. I expect Montgomery to lead the way in carries again, but um, I look for Tariq Cohen to get those 80 to 100 um, targets that he had both in 2017 and 2018. So PPR leagues, he's a great buy. Um, he's going in like the forties or fifties, um, amongst running backs right now. And that's just, that's crazy for his upside in the receiving game. Um, if they don't start with Nick Foles, it won't be very long before Nick Foles is starting for that offense. 
Um, personally, I can't see how they could give Mitch Trubisky another shot, but we'll see. <laughs> they they drafted him, so they have to, I guess, at least do everything they possibly can. But I feel like they already have personally. And just to clear something up, uh, the CEOs popped in Mahomes jersey. He's smelling bandwagon. I actually I, had this before the Super Bowl. Uh, officially before. Okay. Can tell by the Lamar Hunt patch. Yeah. Now he says Benny Snell sleeper from the Steelers. I don't. That's a deep sleep. If something happens to James Conner, I think he's gonna get cut. (laughs) Oh boy, Hunt fifth round, and I believe with Cleveland they didn't need wide receiver help. I think they did because Odell. He's a third. I think Higgins is third. But yeah. Let's bring back Antonio Callaway. Let's do it. Let's ride that train again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a hard train. But uh, I got I got two sleepers. Uh, my first one is Darius Geis, the Redskins. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of want to put him as a boom. What's that? I said he's not a Redskin anymore because the Redskins don't exist. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. I, I, it's going to take so long. To get the Washington football team running Washington back, Darius, guys. I think I heard uh, – I was watching Pat McAfee show, and they said their new name should be DCFC. The DC football. I, I think that's a solid name right there. Let's just ride that. Let's, hit, let's get some soccer into this. But Darius Geis is not a bad talent. He came out of college kind of banged up. It's a terrible offense, mm. terrible quarterback, just everything. Everything offensively was wrong with that team. The only thing they might have going for them is their defensive front. Ron Rivera comes in here. He knew how to use Christian McCaffrey. I believe he was there when Jonathan Stewart was there too, if I'm not mistaken. He knows what a running yeah. back is, and he knows how to use running backs, and I think Darius Geis will eat. And then you have Cam Akers with the Rams. Sure, you have Daryl Henderson. And the Rams are familiar with Daryl Henderson. I'm sure he'll get his fair share of touches, but it might take a couple of weeks for Cam Akers to really come out and be like, hey, look at me. I'm here for this job. I'm going to be the next Todd Gurley for the Rams and give it till week four or five. This guy is going to be, if he's not already picked up by a team in your league, he will be uh, one of those hot picks you're going to need to get a couple weeks in. Fred? Uh, so I, I only have one sleeper. Uh, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor, the rookie, um, for the Colts. I mean, that team has been built to run the ball. They have a couple good running backs there that are decent. Now the guy was a first round talent that fell to the second round. And he's going to be one of those guys that like, well, I don't know. Like when they're going to draft him and they're not in their fantasy drafts, I think you got to pick him up. And if not for a bye week player, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be reaching that flex spot, no problem. Yeah, good. I like Jonathan Taylor. I think both guys might be a little slow to start just because Mm -hmm. they are rookies. And again, without that rookie mini camp coming to training camp late, um, I think it's gonna be tough sledding for a lot of rookies for the first quarter of the season. But once those guys get going, I think they're going to take take over both backfields. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you do draft them, hold tight through the first four weeks. Don't yep. drop them for whoever the hot <laughs> waiver guy is. If somebody does drop them, be ready to pounce once they actually start getting the bulk of the work because they're both super talented guys. 
Um, Jonathan Taylor was the highest rated rookie coming out. Cam Akers has drawn Alvin Kamara comps. Um, so just both guys, studs. Darius Geis was one of my sleepers. He's going in the seventh to ninth round right now. I mean, at that point, the risk reward, like the risk is already baked in if you're taking mm -hmm. him in the seventh round. Like the upside is a top 15 running back. The downside is you wasted a seventh, eighth round pick. Like who else were you going to take there that yeah. you were going to, you're not even <laughs> drafting starters at that point. You're drafting backups anyway. So I think he's definitely one to reach up a little bit for. If he does take the job, it's his. Um, another one of my sleepers is in his backfield, um, Antonio Gibson. He's a rookie that the Redskins drafted. Um, he played receiver in college. Um, some people said he's the most polished route runner to come out since CMC. Um, as you said, Ron Rivera worked with Christian McCaffrey. Right. He knows how to use those guys. Um, I don't think he's big enough to be the solid backfield, um, to have it to himself even with injuries there. Um, but I just think that reception profile and what he has, that he's easily going to outpace everybody else. He has a skill set that nobody else does on that team. The team classified him as a running back, but because mm -hmm. of the ride receiver issues on their team, I think we could see him get some snaps outside or moved around the formation a little bit. Um, I think he's a good bet. I had Boston Scott listed as a sleeper as well. Um, just we talked about him with Sanders. He gets he shares goal line touches and he gets more receptions. Um, he's a pretty stout weapon there. Um, I think part of the reason the Eagles haven't signed any of these veteran guys um, is that they're comfortable with their two lead guys, um, Sanders and Scott, to share the workload, work off each other, and get things done. Um, and my last sleeper is Tevin Coleman. Uh, we saw Raheem Moster ask for a trade already. Um, if mm -hmm. they grant him that trade, do everything you can to get Tevin Coleman on your team. Um, lead backs in a Kyle Shanahan offense, well, any Shanahan offense, are <laughs> tremendously valuable. Um, we don't know if he'll hold on to the job or if they'll find you know another undrafted guy to bring in and steal the limelight there, as Mostert did. Um, but he, every step of his way, Coleman has had a large share of Kyle Shanahan's offense, obviously was there in Atlanta with him. Um, and I would look for him. He dominates the receiving touches and passing down work in that offense. Um, the 49ers are not going to steamroll everyone and have like a two to one rush to pass ratio this year, like they did at the end of last year when Mostert got most of his value. Um, so look for Coleman to be on the field more. He's going fairly late in drafts right now. So he's really cheap um, and he can wind up leading the team in touches. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. The kid who was a rookie last year with the 49ers as well. Um, I believe it's Wilson. I, I don't know what his first name is off the top of my head, but he was a great uh, a pass catching running back coming out of the backfield. Almost yeah, Jeff Wilson, as good he got most of their yeah. goal line work too. Um, yeah, he was great. I think they figure he'll get most of the goal line work to start the year as well. I don't know if his role will evolve past that, but um, McKinnon not. is healthy. Yeah. They, if you remember, I think it was three years ago now, he was their big free agent signing when they had like $100 million of cap space and they had to get over the cap floor. Um, they signed McKinnon to a huge deal. He promptly tore his ACL and missed two <laughs> years. Um, they've done everything they can to keep him around. They've restructured his deal twice. Um, I think this last one, they restructured it to keep him around for two more years. Um, everything is far as we know is he's good and healthy. I think he could have played at the end of last year, but they just didn't need him with the guys that they had healthy. Um, so again, if Mostert gets traded or if you're just looking for a flyer in like the 18th, 19th round, 
Mm-hmm. If you're doing these best ball leagues that go 20 to 28 rounds, like mm-hmm. grab McKinnon, throw him on the end of your roster. He could wind up paying dividends for you. 100% agree with that. And like you said, mm-hmm. anything in a Kyle Shanahan offense is good to go when it comes to I running. Value. Backs. <laughs> I mean, would you rather have one of those guys or like the third stringer for Cincinnati at the end of your bench? Like, God only knows who that even is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even uh, think Joe Burrow you. knows who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for fantasy running backs. So we very much appreciate your insight on yeah. all of this absolutely outstanding knowledge um and if we ever have to talk fantasy again we 100 have you on speed dial (laughs) if you ever want to go through wide receivers quarterbacks tight ends i refuse to talk fantasy kickers um but i'll be in the position with you even defense (laughs) oh yeah i got good defense okay Okay, good stream the position don't don't draft anyone high but i'll tell you who to stream it, well, you you were talking about in that uh, seven to nine ninth round range, isn't that normally when the number one defense will go, anyways? For yeah, the, usually somebody who like just really wants a defense and they're sitting there and they're like, "Oh, I don't have a defense yet. Let me uh, go take Pittsburgh." <laughs> uh, I, I, I really have to do top. some defense. How do you know who the best defense is this year? Is it is it Pittsburgh? Um, Pittsburgh and San Francisco are really the number one ranked on most sites, um, which is pretty fair. They have the most yeah. talent, but defense is just so fluky. I mean, nobody had the Patriots being pegged last year as being the number one defense. And then for the first half of the year, they were untouchable. They were scored more touchdowns than most teams in the league. And I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? That's why you don't draft one in the seventh round. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, we thank you again, and we will surely have you back for more fantasy talk. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night, guys. Thanks. You too. You too. All righty. And for those who stuck with us on Facebook or YouTube, thank you very much. And for those who listen on the RTF Sports Network and we just got cut off, we apologize. But, hey, we were here for a good time and a long time. Oh, yeah. We don't care. And this entire episode will be uploaded to all of our podcasting platforms. It will be available on YouTube after it does all of its processing and all that good junk. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can get all of the links at onandoffthefield.com. You can get the live stream of anything airing on the RTF Sports Network on rtfsportsnetwork.com. So that's our show. Thanks yeah. for sticking with us. Your sign looks absolutely right? gorgeous, by Doesn't the way. Doesn't it look sexy? Yeah, an hour 19 in, we finally brought up the sign, but <laughs> that's a beautiful yeah. sign, Fred. I think it looks great with the LEDs now instead of the incandescent light bulbs. Yeah, definitely. It looks 100% better. And we appreciate um, Michael Buckheister coming in. <laughs> coming in and blowing up our comments here. There you go. We'll put that one on there. He there also, you he's, here, he's here to get his top fan. You're 100% a top fan, oh, yeah. and that's a 5-11 and 11 looking sign back there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, the number one rated fantasy quarterback on everyone's boards. All hail the Jackstrap King. <laughs>